0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Curious John podcast. This is your host Unome. In this episode, I'll be playing uh, some clips from an interesting debate I I found on YouTube some months ago. Uh, it's just uh, it's a debate between a Mormon and a Christian. Uh, to be more specific, the Christian is a Calvinist, so uh, that is going to it's going to make the debate quite in- interesting. Now, uh, most of you may not know what. Uh, mormonism is or calvinism is and uh, i just want to say uh, let me just put it this way so that i don't i'm not going to talk too much uh calvinism is uh (laughs) i should call it the, the like the most evil form of christianity that exists let me just put it that way i think that's what calvinism is now mormonism on the other hand is uh it's kind of interesting uh normally when you see when you see some, when you see a church known as the Jesus Christ Church of Latter Day Saints, that is a Mormon church. Uh, they have some type of um, weird beliefs that are quite different from mainline Christianity. So that's just how it is. In fact, I didn't even know. I never. I didn't know what Mormonism is or Calvinism is till I sort of went through my deconstruction process and let's say in the last year or so. And. Uh, I find Calvinism quite interesting. Uh, Mormonism is just weird to me. But uh, Okay, I'm just going to play the... I'm going to start from uh, a cross-examination section. So that uh, we'll just listen on from there. And uh, the Mormon is Kweku. His name is Kweku. And the Christian is Aaron, the Calvinist actually. And uh, you'll be listening to Kweku's voice now. Now he's going to ask the... He's going to ask the Christians some questions. And I just want, to, I want you to listen so that you can see how, uh, how interesting Calvinism is. Uh, so listen and enjoy.
1: Um, did God predestine the LDS Temple to exist? Absolutely. Every
2: sin, every horrible sin of the Latter-day Saint religion, just like the Assyrians' uh, conquest of the Northern Kingdom and the Babylonians' conquest of the Southern Kingdom, the language of Scripture is that God ultimately did that. He he, he, he uh, governed it, he orchestrated it, and according to uh, Acts 4, verses 27 and 28, the most dramatic sin in all of human history was literally predestined by God, and all of the uh, related parties were predestined to do the role in it.
0: Yeah, so that question was uh, quick because, of course, the Calvinist is trying to argue that Mormonism is false and people that are Mormons should uh, leave Mormonism. But according to the Calvinist worldview... It is God that predestines everything. So whether something is wrong, whether something is a false belief, whether something is dangerous, whether something is sin it is God that predestines human beings to do it. So that's why we is asking him that okay, did God predestine the LDS temple? LDS means later descent. And uh you could just see that interesting answer. It's like you you kill somebody right now, and somebody is saying, No, you shouldn't have done that. But that person that is telling you that you shouldn't have done that actually believes that God predestined you to do it and you, you, do, you don't really have a choice. So um, that's, that's interesting.
1: Thank you. Um, did God predestine the Book of Mormon? Yes. Did he God did. predestine every word written on the pages of the Book of Mormon? Yes, not
2: everything that God predestines is something that he is pleased with. God has a way of ordaining things that he hates.
1: Um, did God predestine who is saved before they were alive? That's literally what the text says in Romans 9.
0: This is just insane. Yeah, that, Romans nine is one passage that um, Calvinists love very well. Uh, uh, but there is a. Let me just let me let me le, um, let me let you know. There is a non-Calvinist way of reading Romans nine, but to me personally, I think the Calvinist way of reading it is more. Uh, it's more obvious. Let me just put it that way. Uh, but you could try to read Romans nine yourself and see what you you get from the passage.
1: Did God predestine all of the evangelicals in this room to be evangelical? Uh, Ultimately, yeah. Did God predestine all the Latter-day Saints in this room to be Latter-day Saints?
2: Oh, I don't know about that. I think there are a lot of you people who are going to crash and burn in Mormonism, and you're not going to be Mormonism in 10 years. (laughs) And people like me are going to be trying to share the gospel with you because Mormonism burned you over.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're going to crash and burn in Mormonism. So what he's just trying to say is that he doesn't know, like he feels some people are going to... Uh, leave Mormonism and become Christians but some of them are going to die in Mormonism so he doesn't know from, from the Calvinist perspective yeah Calvinists don't believe Calvinists don't believe human beings have free will so it's all about what God has predestined to happen so they really don't know uh, now you may be wondering that okay if God predestines who is saved and who is not saved that's who, who, who believes and becomes a Christian and who doesn't believe and goes to hell so why do you bother to preach to people at all like if you know that the people that are not predestined won't become christians why why do you bother to preach to people and that's what that's the type of thing that is trying to get at and it's just what he's saying is that okay from our perspective from human's perspective we don't know who god has predestined and who god has not predestined so since god has commanded us to preach the word uh we continue to preach the word uh so that those that are predestined that that they they call them the elect those are among god's elect are going to hear and, uh, and become christians
1: Please. Hey, let's uh, let's let's keep it let's keep it uh, sweet. We love burning. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Did God predestine my ancestors? who were taken from Ghana and thrown in boats and shipped over and had their families separated and some were hung, some were chopped into pieces, some were lit on fire, did he predestine the slavery and torture of the people in my family about 250 years ago? Yeah,
0: so Kweku is a black guy, so he's he's asking about his ancestors that were sold into slavery right now. Let's listen to Aaron's answer.
2: Is so big that he has governed and orchestrated history that literally every single act of evil is not outside of his control all of evil and all of satan is on a leash and jesus christ has orchestrated things such that he gets maximal glory and he has decided that sin should be a part of history
0: did now i want to make one thing clear uh of course if you are listening and you are not a christian i want to i want to let you know like i said before this is not uh this this calvinist perspective is not what all christians hold to on a normal day when you ask a christian that okay why does god allow evil and suffering yeah christians are going to say okay god can like god can achieve good through suffering it's not like god causes the evil thing that is happening but god just looks for a way to set up this scenario so that he could get the good out of it now but this guy's perspective is different this guy believes it is God that actually says, okay, let me craft things in such a way that this evil thing is going to happen. Uh, because I want to use it for some weird purpose that nobody knows. And I don't know, it's just it just it's just so sick. <laughs> it's just <laughs>
1: Anne Frank who died of typhoid fever, as we know, and she died a practicing Jewish girl, a beautiful intelligent
0: Yeah, and Frank is um if you don't know who Anne Frank is, she's one of the uh, victims of the Nazis. Uh, of uh, so, th- I think you can. I think you can, you can get the context from there.
1: Jewish girl, that was her religion. Did God predestine her to be Jewish? Shit. Did God predestine her to be sent to the camps? Yes. Did God predestine her to burn in hell afterward? Uh, it seems so. Yes.
0: This is this is just sick. Okay, God creates someone. He predestines the person to not believe in christianity because if you don't believe in christianity you are going to go to hell and suffer for eternity and i'm talking about according to this guy i know that some christians are going to disagree that no if you don't believe in christianity you may be saved you may know christ after you die or or whatever whatever i'm talking about this guy's perspective now so god predestines you to not believe then he's going to punish and torture you for not believing this is just i don't know how like, I don't know how Calvinists don't see how this is just insane. Now, some of them, even John Calvin himself, John Calvin is like is one of the uh, major founders of this line of thought. In one of his books, he talks about this thing. He says, Okay, if God predestines everybody, why why is God still blaming people? Like, why doesn't God take the blame? And he he throws his hand up in the air and says it's just a mystery. He doesn't understand, it doesn't he, he literally gives up? And one funny thing is that. A lot of Muslims believe very similar thing. Like what they believe is, is, is similar to what this um to this Calvinist perspective. Because I remember my conversation with um with Mister Muhammad Abbas, and there was a time I asked him that I was like, if Allah doesn't want me to become a Muslim, can I become a Muslim? He said no. He said Allah needs to will me to become Allah needs to guide me before I can become a Muslim. I said okay. So if Allah doesn't guide me, there's really nothing I can do to uh to be saved he said no I said okay if Allah now wants me to be saved is there anything I can do that will make me not saved he said no and I was like okay the logical conclusion from that is that it is Allah's fault that for anybody that doesn't get saved or not and he said no it is not Allah's fault it's your fault I was like why and he was like okay Allah may will you um, not to be saved, not just randomly, but maybe because you are proud or something. And I was like, okay, but can Allah guide you in the first place so that you won't be proud? He said yes, and I'm like, then is it still Allah's fault? And i d- he just couldn't, he he could he could not see the tension there. I don't know, I don't know how it happened. It, it's it's just I want to say it's miraculous, and that's the same thing with a lot of Calvinists. They don't just see, or some of them just see the tension like John Calvin, and they just say, oh, it's a it's a mystery so let me play on
2: Uh, I don't believe she's innocent of sin I think she's worthy of condemnation according to Romans 1 and 2 she's got the law of God written on her heart and she by nature is carnal and she does not love God she does not have a disposition toward worshipping God and she needs to be born again there's no free passes around this you have to be born again because.
0: but how can she be born again if God has predestined her to not believe in Christianity how? (laughs)
1: They're <laughs> corrupt, including kweku <laughs> Yes, they corrupt Anne Frank. Um, Absolutely. Everyone, well, how about this? Uh, last year, a high school girl in the American Fork area was taken by a terrible, terrible man, beaten, tortured. Um, she was assaulted and raped repeatedly. They found her body in the woods. Did God predestine the rape of that but that fifth grade girl and her beating and assault, did he predestinate before the foundations of the world? I
2: would disagree with the view that you have elsewhere uh, at least favored that God doesn't know the definite future, so God doesn't know these kinds of actions that will come to pass. I would instead favor the view that God has a meaning in every act of suffering.
0: So in summary, he's just saying yes to that question. It's just, it's just yes in a long form.
2: That this girl can be told by a Christian, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ you can claim Romans
0: 8:28 all again how can she believe if God has predestined her not to believe <laughs> like is this is this thing so difficult to say? <laughs> seriously Christians if you are listening just help me out like just try to understand where this guy is coming from and just ask that question that okay if God has predestined me not to believe let's use me for an as, as an example. Like, what, like, how can I, how can you tell me that if you believe this, this is, there's nothing you say that is going to, like, have, have any effect, so, ugh.
2: Things work together for good. And you can say with Genesis 50-20... Including the burning of
1: Anne Frank works for good? G-
2: Genesis 50-20, Joseph says to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. What, God or, has the what is the, the good part
1: evil? of having Anne Frank die in a camp and... S- be sent to burn for eternity in hell. What is the good in that? Can yeah, you explain well, to me? I don't know, but I do know that God has a way of governing even more sin. Yeah, you, acts. See, you
0: see what he's doing. He's appealing to mystery. I don't know, but I know exactly. And this um, appeal to mystery is something that almost everybody does. It Christians do it. I mean, normal Christians, not Calvinists. Christians do it when you uh, when you try to push them into a spot. They'll just say God works in a mysterious way. When it's not when it's not making sense anymore mysterious ways so you could you can actually use it for any sort of belief that you have that doesn't make sense when somebody just challenges you just appeal to mystery
2: that led to the salvation of his people if god can predestine the sin that was the murder of jesus christ on the cross and bring it for my good then he can predestine that kind of evil for a good i can trust him for that
1: so just to be clear, you believe it is good and it works for God's good that Anne Frank was tortured it and It works to hell. for
2: God's good, but it is not in and of itself morally good. God has a way of ordaining things that he hates. He can ordain, according to Romans 11, all things are from him and through him and to him. And we can say... Did God decree
1: things that are bad?
2: That's literally what Nathan says to uh, David when he's confronted... Perfect. I, with I that, only have a
1: couple seconds left, so I'd like yeah. to get one last question in. If God ordained things that are bad... Is God then the father of sin?
2: Oh, he's not the father of the sin, of sin, he's the morally culpable origin. God has a way of being... God the is ultimate. the origin of sin. He can be the primary cause of all things without being morally culpable from, for secondary causes.
1: Alright, well I'll, I'll yield the last 17 seconds. Um, I promise you Anne Frank's not in hell, and people in, that God did not predestine 9-11. It's okay. <laughs> okay, we will
0: now... <laughs> okay, I'm going to go to the next part of this. Um, I just want to chip something in. And... Uh, what was I going to say again? Okay, yeah. There's one. There's a. There are some parts of Calvinism where, like, I can say, Calvinism sorts of makes sense to me because, uh, first of all, like I usually say, I don't believe in um, dogmatic voluntarism. Like, I don't believe people can choose their beliefs. So, if you're coming from a perspective where somebody has to believe certain propositions to escape something, like to be saved, maybe to make one afterlife or the other then it's really the person doesn't really have any power to to um to make that choice because i don't believe you i don't believe you can control i don't believe you can actually choose what you want to believe maybe you can say you can decide you can decide what you are going to expose yourself to and things like that but you don't get to determine what evidence convinces you it's not something that you have a will over so that's one thing i kind of see calvinism making sense with now another issue is the uh is the is the um the point of grace Uh, let me just explain a bit now uh, christians believe that you are saved by grace through faith so it's not by you don't you don't get in christianity you don't get saved by keeping certain rules you don't say it's not christianity is not a religion of um it's not it's not a religion of just keeping laws and that's all then at the end of the day somebody will check your book okay you committed this one five times Okay, you did this good thing six times. No, Christianity doesn't work like that. It is it is by having faith in what Jesus has done. That is what makes you saved. So that's why Christians, we ask you to believe. To believe and be saved. It's like you're accepting a gift. Now, the issue is that if we take that point of view, like, yeah, you're saying people can't do anything to be saved. But ultimately, if, let's say, let, let me use myself. Okay. I'm here sitting and there's a friend. Let me let me let me just call them my friend. Let me say uh, his name is um Chinedu. Now, me and Chinedu, are maybe we are sitting in the church or something, and we hear the gospel message. And Chinedu hears the gospel message, he becomes convicted, he believes, and is he's, he's saved. Of course, Christians are say are going to say both of us are both sinners. So that's now, but in my own case, I listen to the gospel message and I'm like, this is ins- insanity. What is what is wrong with this person that is preaching this thing? This thing doesn't make sense. How would you say uh, God sacrificed his son, who is somehow part of him, to himself? So that this is just bullshit. Like, what is this? This is, this is dumb shit. And I don't believe. Hmm? I hope you are following me. Now... Yeah, Chinedu and I, it's not because of anything we are doing. We are not actually, it's not good works so that is making Chinedu saved. Of course. Everything is the same. Jesus has uh, done the sacrifice. Everything for the two of us. Everything is the same. What is now the ultimate thing that is making us saved or not saved now is that Chinedu chose to believe. Like I'm, I'm just trying to, like I'm using normal Christian belief now. Chinedu decided to believe and I didn't. So you, you still get to like credit Chinedu for being saved. I don't know if you get what I mean. Ultimately, it's still it's it's Chinedu that makes the like the power of being saved is in Chinadu's hands. So it's not really it's not like it's not hundred percent grace where it's God that's just doing the entire saving. Chinedu has his own part to play, which is believe and and trust in in the sacrifice sacri- sacri- of Jesus, and on a male field at that. So ultimately, if you take that view of grace, it is still like you still have to give merit to the person for believing or not believing because that's the only thing that separates people that end up in hell and people that end up in heaven so that's just one inconsistency that I, I think calvinists um they deal with it because they say even the power of believing in the first place is not in your hands it's in, it's in god's hands it's god that makes you believe so uh, that's one tension i just I, think I kind of agree with them there
1: i'll move on to topic two of the evening
0: so let me, apostle
1: four, asking four, five, from the book of mormon eight, which is why one, it's zero, in- zero. yes thank you true. thanks for the- your christ, christ a- died christ for our t- sins t- and according t- to t- the t- scriptures t- he was t- buried t- he was t- raised t- on the third day i like him he was a prophet he
2: yeah, taught a lot yeah. of things for yourself okay I mean, i'll be glad to but uh, so i'm happy to quote calvin where he's great but where he's not great
0: so in this part basically what's going on is that uh calvin is uh calvinism like i said and uh joseph smith is the founder of um uh mormonism so basically what J- joseph smith claimed jesus appeared to him in i think in the 18th century or so and he gave him some new let me let's call it new revel- revelations that are quite different from what christians believe and he claims that uh the church or the, all the throughout the years had been corrupted and jesus had sent him to to do the cor- corrections and stuff like that so the way joseph smith is sorry the way paul is to jews like jewish people think paul is a is somebody that just destroyed their theology and things like that That that's how christians view joseph smith it's it's a very good parallel like when martin luther's not great at the so in this part what happens is that um kweku and aaron they are throwing uh stones at the founders of both of their movements so uh, let's listen
2: End of his life, the way he treat, treats Jews, I am so happy to treat Martin Luther like you treat Bruce McCocky.
1: I mean, I like Bruce McCocky. I don't like Martin Luther. I know. Okay. I don't believe you should try to kill Jews. Is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm it's ha- really bad to kill Jews. You shouldn't do it. I'm, I'm happy to treat.
2: I'm happy to treat John Calvin and Martin Luther if necessary, like you treat Brigham Young. I like him. He was a prophet. He taught a lot of things. You're embarrassed. Of.
0: So uh, after uh, I think after Joseph Smith died, the person that's Took over the Mormon Church. His name is Brigham Brigham Young. So that's the um, person they are talking about now.
1: You know, he didn't teach to kill Jews.
2: He didn't teach that. He taught something he taught some worse. Brigham Young.
0: So, uh, the, yeah, they are comparing Brigham Young to Martin Luther. And Martin Luther actually taught some very violent and nasty things about uh Jewish people. Uh, if you don't know Martin Luther, who, who Martin Luther is, I uh, I think if you are a Christian, you should even know who Martin Luther is. Is like he's the person that is behind the protestant reform i think if you know any if you know the history of the church uh I, i'm not even going to be explaining church history here. just go on, just check out protestant reform or read martin Luther if you don't know who he is and if you know who he is all right good follow up with the conversation
2: i taught something worse than, than killing, killing jews. jews ah you yes. lost me there pal yes, sorry I, I don't think i got you right here brigham young taught that adam was god that's even worse that's than not worse jews. than killing jews
0: <laughs> it... so teaching that adam is god is is worse than killing jews <laughs> this is what this is the type of sickness that religion does to people like it's it's it warps your your moral compass that you you sort of uh you, you sort of see i mean other human beings as something that is not like if you compare i mean other human beings to maybe insulting the name of a god you you see you see um, insulting that God's name as something that is worse than I mean other human beings. And it's just, it's just crazy. And it's because of thinking like this that you have terrorism in today's world. Because people see, people think uh, apologies to the Muslims. But there are Muslim terrorists that think, okay, killing the infidels is actually a good thing. Because it sort of maybe dignifies Allah or something like that. So it's this type, it's this type of line of thinking that leads to such terrible behavior. Uh, and I just want to say, like, it doesn't even make sense because if you think of the way God is defined, I I, I think Aaron is going to agree with me. Uh, the way God is defined, all-knowing, all, like, all omnibenevolent, omnipotent. Like, God sounds like this very massive being, like this being that is so great that human beings are just, like, dust to him. So, why the, like, how is a human being, blaspheming against god how does it uh I'm... how does it sort of what is feeling doesn't doesn't make sense like i it's, it's like okay it's like you have an aunt to comparing ants to human beings and ants are speaking in their language and they are saying look at that human being it doesn't have sense like are you are you really going to feel bad because an aunt is insulting you so like if you if you want if you agree with um that type of reason just think of it from that perspective like why is it... Why do you think it is bad to insult God's name? Like, is it that God's... Is it... Are you hurting God's feeling? Like, what's... Why, why exactly is it bad?
1: Okay, we're getting off. But, um... Idolatry is worse than murder.
0: Wow.
2: <laughs> Romans went a
0: little... You need to see Quake's face now.
2: <laughs> ...teaches that the root of the sin to which God hands people over to do you believe... is
1: idolatry. Aaron, I'm asking the questions. Do you believe... That getting something theologically wrong is worse than the death of six million Jews. The
2: sin wasn't being wrong. It's
1: worse? No, the sin was being Jews. arrogant.
2: Brigham Young defied the word of the living Lord, living Lord with the living God with that blasphemy that is ten times worse. Kate, okay, we Lord. don't. We,
1: I don't agree that it's arrogance or anything like that. But let's. <laughs> I
0: just find this like I find this very insane. Like seriously, like it's better for you to kill six million people than for you to insult. A god that may not even exist—that's one of the like funniest part about it. And the the another weird part about it is that if this god exists, like you insulting him doesn't even like you are not that relevant. So why exactly is this god so bothered about you insulting him? It's just weird.
1: Hey, that it is okay. Let's say he was wrong. Do you believe Brigham Young being wrong is worse than the death? Of 6 million jews do you really believe that because i hope not brigham young deserves to be in hell
2: eternally consciously <laughs> tormented forever for not worship
0: <laughs> the way this guy says all these things without even there's no he doesn't even blink when he says all these, it's just it's just crazy it's like listening to a psychopath
2: chipping god is the greatest of all beings the most high well, if it happens, God predestined it. So, I mean,
1: glorious. Holy exactly.
0: Um. <laughs> That's the funniest part. Like, if somebody blasphemes against God, God predestines it. So, ah. ah, oh, if you're a Calvinist, I don't know how you you sleep at night. Seriously, Uh I think I I know just one Calvinist, just one of them. I'm actually I'm looking for. I'm interested in speaking to any Nigerian that is from a Presbyterian church. Those are main Calvinists. The, the person I know. I don't think I don't think he attends any I don't I don't think he attends a church that holds a Calvinist um uh theology. But if you are if you are listening to me at least he knows himself and he, he listens to uh, the podcast. If you are listening and you actually attend a church that holds a Calvinist theology just let me know. I don't think so. I think he someone that he, he attends just a normal church and he he got to a Calvinist perspective by maybe reading the Bible himself or maybe listening to debates or something.
1: Next, okay, I just I can't get off that subject here. You can't. This debate is not about what you want it to be. It's not. Anyway, about um, destination. Um, my question to you, next question is, um, wh- you yeah, true.
0: Uh, Quick, who focused the law? It doesn't focus on like general Christianity versus um, versus Mormonism. He focused more on Calvinism to be specific, and maybe that's a debate tactic. I don't know because uh, if you focus on Calvinism, like even even a lot of normal christians will listen to what calvinists are saying and they'll just be disgusted by it so i think that is
1: disagree with joseph smith's teachings on the plurality of gods um it's there's about 16 million latter-day saints that exist in the world and um, many of them believe in that doctrine some are not familiar with it but you know they, they understand that it's there do you believe joseph smith's in your view false teaching or air teaching of godhood is worse than the arminian genocide taking Um, place i'll I'll make it easier for me uh if brigham young or you said joseph
2: smith if joseph smith had murdered a man and then he had taught plurality of gods i think plurality of god's teaching is at the top of the list
1: i didn't ask that i asked them arminian genocide is what i asked
2: uh idolatry is qualitatively worse than a multitude of murders
0: wow this is just insane like yeah, so I'm going to skip to the closing remarks of the debate now, and so I just think I've I've played enough. The debate is quite long. I'm going to place the the link to the entire debate to in the comment section, so that sorry in the description sh- section, so that if you want to watch it, you can just go through.
1: We need no more Bible. Have you obtained the Bible, save it were. What leaders in Europe?
0: So this is the uh the closing remarks from Quico
1: Piggybacked off of the evil and wicked teachings by the leaders of the Protestant reformers, Adolf Hitler and Joseph Goebbels, the harsh reality is that when you look at Protestant history, you don't see the fruits of Christ. You see the most bloodshed and murder, perhaps in this continent's history.
0: So I noticed, two tactics that quick used use in this debate first of all he tried to focus on uh predestination and all of that and calvinism which is something that i think it's going to i think most human beings are going to find that morally repugnant i think except something is wrong with you but if you have a parent that predestines a child to disobey them and be stubborn and all of that and that parent keeps punishing that child i think Every, we're all going to look at that parent and say, okay, this person is a psychopath. But when it comes to the Calvinist God, I, I think you get what I mean. Yeah, so the, the second tactic was he tried to focus on uh, the very uh, terrible things that Protestant leaders have done. People like um, like Martin Luther, like John Calvin, and so on. So that's what he's just he's talking about in his closing remarks here.
1: And the Book of Mormon calls it out so specifically. And the reason why we see continuously that Protestant tradition always ends, whether it with, starts with Martin Luther and Calvin and burning people, or goes to slavery, or the Klan, or whatever, it always ends in attacking God's ancient covenant people, and more recently, his new covenant people. Keep these things in mind. You heard tonight that someone on this stage believes all the Jews are in hell right now, and that everyone who dies not a Christian was predestined to be that way. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus is enough to save you from all of those horrendous and sad beliefs.
0: Yeah, so the Mormon believes in Jesus as well. It's just that they have a sort of, uh, when, when you come to the details, uh, Mormons and, and mainline Christians are going to disagree on a lot of things. So, this is the uh, closing remarks from Aaron, the Calvinist
2: my friends, my Latter-day Saint
0: neighbors. Now, I'm going to do something. I'm going to assume he's talking to me and I'll reply to him the way you should reply to a Calvinist. So, let's listen. Who
2: I love, even if your whole world in Mormonism comes crashing down, you can have Christ and you can have all of Christ.
0: But what if I'm not predestined to have Christ?
2: And if you have all of Christ, you have everything you need.
0: I know, but how can I have Christ if I'm not predestined to have Christ?
2: You can have Jesus who put away the sin of David without Joseph Smith, who says that David lost his exaltation. You can have Jesus who justifies the ungodly without... So in this
0: part, he's just trying to like, he's talking about how Joseph Smith has um, somehow changed some things that are quite clear in the Bible.
2: Joseph Smith, who says that God does not justify the ungodly. You can have Jesus who would seal you up today to eternal life and exaltation and to a calling and election made sure without Joseph Smith who restricts the second anointing to his inner circle. You can have Jesus who interprets his own parables without Joseph Smith who disregards Jesus' own interpretation.
0: Yeah, there was one part in this debate where... uh... Where Aaron was talking about how, um, Joseph Smith changes the words of Jesus, and it's that part of the debate. I think a lot of Christians, like most Christians, are going to agree that yeah, Joseph Smith does change the word of Jesus. Well, it just reminds me of um, what's the name of this of Tovia Singer, the the rabbi, uh, the Jewish rabbi. Uh there are so many videos on YouTube. You could just check them out. You'll see, uh, um, Tovia Singer going on a rant against Paul. It'd be like okay, look at what the original uh, passage says and look at what Paul is quoting. So, the same accusation that Christians make towards uh, towards Joseph Smith is what uh, Jews make towards Paul. And a lot of them don't just see the, the, the sort of um, apologetics that you can use for explaining why Joseph Smith does the changes. You could use it to explain why Paul does the change? Or you could you could even say uh, these are not really changes if you th- if you look at it this way and th- that. And th- I don't know how like Christians and Jews don't just see that they are like I don't see how I don't know how they don't see that they are doing the same thing on this issue. It's ju- it's just, it just just baffles my mind. Ugh.
2: You can have Jesus who ensured the unstoppable growth of his kingdom without Joseph Smith who said a second growing season was required. You can have Jesus who seals to himself every believer and brings them into the same father's house, the same singular kingdom, the same pasture to be with him and his people forever without Joseph Smith, who says that Jesus separates his people into different kingdoms. You can have Jesus who calls you to a better forever family with a hundred mothers, with the...
0: Why would Jesus be calling you to a forever family if he has already predestined you not to answer? Like, I don't know. Is this thing so... Is it so difficult to, to understand? Most profound,
2: most intimate social units possible, even better than marriage, without Joseph Smith, who exploits your anxiety about preserving existing family relationships when you go down the rabbit hole as you should of lds history and scripture and disillusionment and heartbreak please don't give up on jesus
0: but jesus has predestined me to give up on him already
2: (laughs) jesus says heaven and earth will pass away but my words will never pass away skip general conference this april gorge yourself on the words of jesus Spit out Joseph Smith from your
0: mouth like... But Jesus has predestined me to swallow Joseph Smith.
2: <laughs> poison! Jesus says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has, says, has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Jesus says, the words that I've spoken to you are full of the spirit and of life. Jesus says, whoever hears my words and believes in me has eternal life. Receive Jesus as your final and sufficient proxy with empty-handed faith. Jesus is enough jesus is more than enough my cup overflows
0: yeah and that's all and uh, of course a lot of christians are going to agree with that last part at least his closing remarks uh where they will disagree is the point that jesus determines predetermines who is going to accept him and who is not going to accept him yeah that is all i i have to say of course there are many other interesting parts of the debates and you can just You can watch it out if you want to. It's a two-hour-plus debate. Uh, So, uh, Christians that have listened to this conversation or this, um, this debate, what do you think about Calvinism? And I want to ask one interesting question. If you get to heaven, like I'm talking to Christians now, if you get to heaven and you find out that actually Calvinists were correct and God does predestined people that are going to be saved and people that are not going to be saved, uh, is your view of God going to change? Are you going to get to heaven and be like, hmm, maybe this God is not good, or you just be like, ah, yeah, whatever, and you continue to worship? I I really want to know how you would answer that question. I'm very interested in knowing your answer to that question. And of course, if you are a Nigerian and you attend a Presbyterian church, I would like to talk to you. Let's let's have a conversation about Calvinism. Uh, I think I find people that are Calvinists. I find them quite interesting because I I don't know how you can believe something that is so sick and uh we don't find any issue with it and one more thing yeah i noticed that whenever you like you try to you press calvinist on the morality of their belief system they tend to answer like christians let me just explain what i mean like when you are when you tell a when you tell the calvinist that doesn't this doesn't god doing this thing make him immoral they would answer you that you can't use your morality to judge god because you are a fallen human being and your moral nature is flawed and the same way when uh atheists and agnostics and skeptics like when when we question the morality of a lot of things that god does in the bible the the normal everyday christian would say you can't use your morality to question god because uh, you have a fallen uh, nature and blah 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 and god knows better than you and so this is where like the the way the similarity in the apologetics just just makes me just it's very entertaining to me let me just put it that way all right so that's all i have to uh that's all i have for this episode uh thank you for listening uh of course i would like to know your thoughts on on calvinism to be specific and um yeah all right bye for now